God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you all. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or or electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be no audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. So I will share for 20 minutes, followed by five minutes of Ask It Basket questions, finishing up with open sharing. So today's topic is G-O-D, Gift of Desperation. It says, let's begin with a reading from for today, page 78. Does anybody have that reading? I don't see that. Oh, okay. I don't see it here. I apologize. Okay. I don't see it on here. Hmm. Okay, so I asked, I forgot your name already. Tommy Lou is going to be the timer. Thank you, Tommy Lou. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's that we begin to use it rightly, Bill W. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share for 20 minutes. My name is Julie. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Okay, so my topic is G-O-D, which stands for Gift of Desperation. So before I arrived here, I looked up in the dictionary what the word desperation means. And what it says is having an urgent need, a desire, etc. For example being desperate for attention or desperate for something. And also the word gift to me means blessing. So G-O-D, gift of desperation. So today's format, I'm going to share my experience, which is the patterns of my codependency, which gets triggered. And so what's behind my eating? It's like the black curtain behind my eating. My strength is going to be the tools of the program and my abstinence. And my hope is going to be my spiritual awakenings and the gift of the program. Okay, so my experience. I was born in 1962 during the Civil Rights Movement back in upstate New York. And during that time frame, you know, there was a lot of oppression and racism, which I experienced as a little girl. I didn't know better. I went to an elementary school, 
and I would have to leave and walk home every day for lunch where the other children got to stay. I did not know why. It was never explained to me otherwise, you know, other than the color of my skin. So because of that, I received, I mean, I incorporated internalized low self-esteem, not being good enough. And also, I grew up in a dysfunctional family, but also I experienced societal shame. So it wasn't just about what I learned in my family of origin, but actually society as a whole. Fear. That was a feeling that I grew up with without really knowing what it was. I spent a lot of time over my grandmother's house. My grandmother, God bless her, she was always in fear. Like, for example, if there was a storm and we would have to go into her bedroom, turn off the TVs, unplug, you know, the refrigerator and stove and just really take hostage. And so no wonder I'm afraid of storms to this very day. Um, so it was very fear-based um, and controlling. Frozen feelings. I was not allowed to have feelings. You know, as I shared in another share earlier, that my, I come from a family of my um, ancestors were slaves, and they were not allowed to feel or else they would get lynched. So that thinking is passed on generation to generation to generation. And I shared about control, and thinking is my drinking, <laughs> you know, so in my obsession. So I obsess and I think. Shame, holding on to shame. Um, grudge holding and resentments. I was taught to just not forgive or accept and just hold on to resentments for years and years and years. Perfection. Oh, emotional incense. What that formed in my family was my father would share his marital business with me at, when I was seven years old. And um, he would complain about my mother to me. And, and so I would be a caretaker of feelings and also people-pleasing. Alcoholism. Um, my parents were not alcoholics, but my uncles were. So I was around that, and I learned how to enable, enable behavior. I was molested when I was a little girl, when I was seven, and I um, learned how to procrastinate. So this is just, a, a, I would say, short list of the behaviors that I learned in my codependency. Now I'm going to talk about the food. So since I shared with you that we were not allowed to feel so I remember something tragic happening in my family when I was seven years old, and it was devastating. And I remembered seeing it on television, and my grandmother came and turned it off, and she goes, let's go eat. So I would always see numbness of feelings. And then also my grandmother taught me how to obsess over food. She would always constantly talk about food. When I was a little girl, I, I said, this is not right. But, you know, I went along with it because I didn't know how to create boundaries, you know, but it caught up to me as an adult. So I, that's, I learned that behavior. So with all that being said, 
you know, more is revealed. Now I'm going to share about the strength in, my, in the program, my strength. So I joined OA in 2011. After I hit a bottom, I applied for graduate school, and I did not get accepted. And I did a geographic move. So I hit bottom. So I moved to Chico, California. And wouldn't you know, there was an OA meeting on my same street. <laughs> so it was only a 10-minute walk in distance. So I joined that fellowship, uh, you know, the Fellowship of Chico in OA. I got a sponsor. I did service work. And so um, there, there began my journey. But I've been in another fellowship for 15 years, um, which is about a desire to have healthy relationships. So I'm so grateful for OA and my other fellowship and to be here today. So my strength, where do I get my strength from? I'm going to talk about abstinence. There's a book in OA called, it's called Abstinence. Have you folks ever seen that book? Okay. So I got it out today, and I'm going to read to you what it says. And this is where I gained my strength. We discovered that abstinence is about living, choosing, accepting, admitting, turning it over, and trusting G-O-D to take care of the results. So I'm going to simplify. That's what abstinence is about. For me, it's not about, well, 10 days without sugar. I mean, it's really about this. It's about G-O-D turning it over to my higher power, who I call God. And I mean over and over and over again. It's about surrender. So the tools of the program that take me, which helps me get out of the food and back to my higher power, are the steps and the traditions, the 12 steps. So... When I'm not feeling my feelings and I'm feeling anxiety or worry or I'm feeling overwhelmed or confused and I'm connected to that, that takes me to my higher power. But when I'm not feeling my feelings, I go to food. Simple as that. Now, once I identify my feelings and whatever it is that I'm obsessing about, I go to step one because obsession is a result of not working step one. Either I can stay in my obsession or I can work step one. The first three steps are about God. In OA, I heard somebody say in OA, step one is I can't. Step two is God can. Step three is I think I'll let God. So here's another thing that's very important. The program teaches me that I need to get my relationship priorities in order, which means my higher power first, myself second, and others third. But what happens is that I make others my higher power and put either myself last or God last. And that's when I start eating. So if I work the first three steps... I can't, God can, I think I'll let God, it's all about God. But one, here's one thing, when I was young, before I joined OA, I was operating from my high, the higher power of my grandmother, which was fear-based and punishing. That's what I learned. So being in a spiritual program, being in OA, helps me learn that I get to have a higher power of my own understanding, because it gets tricky when 
my old higher power shows up because that's when I go into shame, perfection, you know, self-destruction, and food. So I get to write a one ad for my higher power. And my higher power is my love consultant. Because what I shared with you, remember, that long list of my learned behaviors, my character defects of fear, low self-esteem, frozen feelings, control, shame, resentment, perfection, all all that stuff. That's fear-based. That's a long list. But if I want to go to where the love is, I go straight to G-O-D. Now, when I work the first three steps that take me out of whatever it is I'm in, if I'm mad at somebody cutting me off on the freeway or I'm in the grocery store, this is when people cut in front of me in the grocery store, or, or if somebody doesn't text me back, or, you know, these are things that trigger me. And it just goes back to that long list. It's like my childhood shows up in my adult life. But my recovery tools that I shared with you folks, you know, like you guys being here, this is a we program. I'm not alone because this disease, will isol- I will isolate in this disease. And it's not pretty, you know. And so I'm here today showing up for myself and showing up for the fellowship and showing up for my higher power. So anyway, back to the steps. So when I make a decision, like step one, I am powerless over whatever it is, fill in a blank. You know, my life has become unmanageable. And then step two came to believe that there's a power greater than myself and food that can restore me back to sanity. Sanity to me means peace, surrender, acceptance, joy. For, you know, acceptance, forgiveness. And then step three is, I'm not in charge. <laughs> you know, turn it over. So, and then steps four, I think is steps four through nine are about me. And I wish I had more time to go through them all, but um, it's about me. It's about looking at my side of the fence. And then the rest of the steps are about others. So how much time do I have <laughs> Oh, thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, so back to abstinence. So my strength is a gift for my higher power to keep my abstinence alive. I have to be constantly aware of it. And that comes straight out of the, um, the book, the abstinent book. I have to be constantly aware of it. And the only way that I can be in awareness is through the tools. So I just try to keep it simple that way, the prayer and meditation. It's like I need to connect to my higher power more, have improved my conscious contact by doing more listening and, um, and less thinking. And that's a challenge for me. And it takes practice, you know, and, and it's no such thing for me as perfection. Um, but it takes practice and commitment and dedication and actually self-love, you know. So um, 
everything that I listed that was learned behavior from my childhood is actually a gift. I'm like, huh, really? Yes, it's a gift because it brought me right here. Now, the denial keeps me right there. So the gift of recovery, I have chills right now. The tools of this program, what my higher power has gifted me, has brought me right here. But if I'm not in awareness, like what it said in the OA literature, I'll repeat it. Abstinence is a gift for my higher power. To keep my abstinence alive, I have to be constantly aware of it. So the constant reminder is going to meetings and hearing your sharing, which I can't wait in a little while I get to hear you guys. Um, but when I stop going to meetings, the food increases. I notice that. So it's the awareness that's important. Hope is my spiritual awakenings. It's the last step. It's step 12, actually. I get to share what I've learned with you and the newcomer. The newcomer, to me, is the most important person in this room. And I get to share and give away what I gained. But I have to work steps one all the way through step 11 in order to get step 12, the spiritual awakening. They're, they're done in order. Service work. Wow, talk about um, accelerating my recovery. <laughs> Doing the service work means giving back. Giving back to each and every one of you. To be of service. You know, whatever it is. You know, move the, the chairs. Um, do the literature. Be a sponsor. Thank you. Whatever it is to be of service, that's so important because OA will cease to exist if I don't do my part. And to me, that's part of the package of my recovery, doing my part, showing up for myself, showing up for, what did I say, higher power, myself and others. And the steps are done in that order. So step 12, it's with others. So I have to go to my higher power first. Because, you know, I, can, I get it twisted. <laughs> um, and that's why I need to be here as much as I can in the now. So I believe that we're all working Step 12 right now together. And, you know, and, and that's the gift that G-O-D gives us. Okay. Thank you so much. So anyway, I would like to share, like I grew up in a family of um, origin where, you know, I shared with you about my grandmother's God. It was a fearful God. And I had to come to the rooms to fire that old higher power and hire my own understanding, which is love, compassion, acceptance, surrender, and peace. You know, so that's what love I... Um, my, one of my sponsors says, go where the love is. So I have to actually meditate on love and go to, because I'm so attached to fear. I know how to do fear well. So my, my mother, um, she's, she wasn't religious. And last year, I went to see her. And she asked me this question. 
and it really tugged at my heartstring. She said, Julie, because she likes to watch tennis, you know, tennis match. And she goes, I watch a lot of tennis match. And when the tennis athletes, when they win, they say, thank you, God. And then she said, when they lose, they don't say anything. I, you know what, that was the most, when my mother shared that, that really got under my wing, like, wow. So what really, it's like, I need to turn to God for the good and not so good. You you know, like, and now I start looking at when people get on TV and they win awards and they'll say, thank you, God, but when they lose, they don't say anything. So basically that reminds me that I need to stay connected to God, my higher power all the time. You know, and one last thing I want to share was something that happened today at the convention. I was being very ungrateful over something, and you know, because I was in my need to control things and my black and white thinking, like I'm right. And so I'm in one of the workshops, and I'm in all that resentment, and then I did a flipperoo, and it's like, let me get out of that and get into God's will. And God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. And so what came up for me was the resentment that I had was flipped around with love and appreciation. I am pinching myself that I was able to do that quick instead of leaving here with a resentment. (laughs) You know, I mean, this is the beauty of the, the program that we all get to practice together. And anyway, I think my time is up for now. And... Not till it beeps. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. I love OA. I am just so grateful um, to be here today and to hear the experience, strength, and hope from all the members who, you know, who are here. And I know it's late, and I'm just so grateful that you're all with me. And I just want to do a quick heart connection with each and every one of you and um, as a way to realize that we're all one. Thank you all. I love you very much. All right. 
I will now draw questions from the Ask It basket. Timer, please set the timer for five minutes. Question, how much, um, is HV, you lost, oh, how many pounds, okay, all right, yes, thank you, how much pounds you lost, or how, yeah, and how many years in OA did it take to you lost the weight, oh, maintain it um, consistently, and go to meetings. Great question. So um, as far as my weight loss, when I shared that I hit my bottom back in 2011, I probably about 20 pounds. Um, but however, I really, I can be a hostage to the scale. So I, you know, I just try to do the right, the next right things and follow a food plan you know, do my prayer meditation, work the tools of the program. Um, but I'm just really, I go by how I fit in my clothes because I can be obsessed with the pounds. So, so basically it's a great question because it's important, but I know that I go overboard. So, um, I just try to take it one day at a time and, um, do the right things, and it goes back to what I read about abstinence, about surrendering. And then the second part, how many years in OA did it take till you lost the weight? About two years. About two years. Um, And consistently in going to meetings. So um, I like the phone meetings, because when I lived in Chico, we didn't have a lot of OA meetings. So I, I did like 90 me- meetings in 90 days. Like I started off in January and I did that. And that is so amazing and powerful. Thank you. Um, but they say meetings makers make it. Um, but as far as my weight loss, you know, I take it one day at a time. And um, I just try not to obsess over the scale because that, that will not be good <laughs> for me. Okay. Where do I go to meetings? I'm, I am looking for more meetings than the ones in Fremont area. Okay, so one of my favorite meetings that I go to is it's a, right, it's a meditation meeting in San Bruno. And it's on Thursdays at 5 o'clock. And what's amazing about that meeting is that we start the meeting in meditation. So what happens for me is that when I meditate, I'm connected to my higher power, and then we have an open share. And then what my higher power says to me, I share. So that's one of my favorite meetings. And then then on OA.org, they have the phone meetings, a lot of amazing meetings. They also have a step study um, on the phone, and they do like one step a month. So that's awesome. So, um, yes, you're welcome. Does anybody else have any questions? About G-O-D? <laughs> um, 
Did I answer your questions? Okay. The, the people that. Okay, well, if there's no questions, how about sharing? Whoever would like to. And there's these forms that we have to sign. Did they bring them? I don't, you know what? I don't see any. Well, here's a suggestion because we did that. You can um, go ahead and ask your question without saying your name. That's another option. So, you know, is part of to be anonymous. That's what we did at the other workshop because I didn't think they had forms left in, anyway. So does anybody have any questions or does anybody want to share? <laughs> Yay. So there's one form. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, why not? Okay. I like that. See, the group, all of us collaborating. I like talking into a microphone. Thank you. Hi, I'm Heidi. And uh, hi. hi, I'm definitely an overeater, compulsive person. So I'm so happy to be here because I've been an overeaters for about, I don't know, a couple years, you know, and I lost probably 35 pounds. And I haven't been going to any meetings I've been a bad girl. I've just been busy. I had some major life trauma happen the last four months. So I've been irregular in my meetings, very bad for the last eight months. And I, the good thing out of all this is I'm aware now. So I know that I always need to come home. So that's huge. The second great thing about this is that I don't rely on the scale anymore. And I don't hate myself. I love my body. I love myself no matter what. And so I'm proud of it, no matter what size I am. <clears throat> So that's really been a big deal for me, you know, and coming back to all this. Um, I take notes on my little iPhone, so don't think I'm texting when I'm in these classes because I'm not. And uh, you said some lovely, lovely things and uh, something that I've never heard before, which was great, which uh, she says, steps one, two, and three. Step one, I can't. Step two, God can Step three, I'll let God. I love that. My motto in life has always been kiss, keep it simple, stupid. So that is going to be a helpful one for me. Um, it's so true. Also, she said, you know, it's very true for me. When you stop going to meetings, at least for me, that's when the food increases. By going to meetings, it really helps to keep me connected and alert and just like, Wow. Um, it's just, it's so freeing. It's so nice. You know, I've had this big family love stuff happen to me in the last four months. And so the last four months I've been incredibly resentful and upset and hurt and crying and hurt by very many family members and, a, a you know, a guy that I was in love with. And, um, I didn't realize, and I'm such an optimist, you know, I think I am anyway, and I'm instead, I'm walking around with these resentful things in my head constantly, and I'm putting this guy down, and da-da-da, 
And you said something just now that made me realize that he is a trigger. And instead of being resentful, turn it around and, you know, look for the gift and be grateful because he's giving me something fabulous. They're all giving me something and I just need to look for the gift. So, um, so happy to be here. So grateful. I love act as if that's really fabulous. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a movie star so I can act as if. <laughs> um, connecting with my higher power, I, I do do that. That's the one thing I still do. And uh, I, uh, I, I do this really cool meditation, Buddhism. It's, it's called Nichirian Buddhism. And I just, and it really is lovely. Um, but I'm starting to want to go into another type of meditation to connect where my head is just empty, where I don't think, which is really hard for me because I'm a type A. So I <laughs> went to the, and I bought a bunch of tickets tonight, you know, for the, the raffle. And uh, I saw this thing on knitting and I said, oh, knitting. I said, that'll make my mind go empty. I like that. I could just, I could just, I don't know, something better than going like this. You know what I mean? I go use my hands with my hands instead of my hands to my mouth. So that's it. Thank you for letting me talk. I think my time is up. Thank you. Hey, y'all, it's me again, Julie, a compulsive overeater. There's one thing that I want to share with you that, oh, my goodness. I went to hear this woman. She's a retired Catholic nun, and she's in her 80s, and she's um, been a member of another fellowship that we love so much, AA, for 40 years. And um, so anyway... So she had a workshop, and she went around to ask, well, how many people have, how many years of sobriety or Al-Anon or whatever program? There's people from OA. And so we all got up and identified. And then there was a newcomer um, in AA, and she was sober for a week. And so she said, are you willing to ask God to remove your obsession to drink? And so I substituted, am I willing to ask God to remove my obsession to eat? So that, oh my goodness, that really, really, and I have to do it over and over and over again. So I want to share that with you folks. Okay, do we have time for another share? How much time do we have? All right, who would like to be next? Okay, that's okay. All right. Um, any questions? Any other questions? About the program. Okay. Well, <laughs> this has been an awesome, you know, experience for me. I showed up here as a volunteer. Didn't come prepared, you know, and it's just my higher power just said, do this, <laughs> you know, and, you know, because I'm so rigid, like, you know, it's like I'm a micromanager and planner and, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to just show up and be unprepared, you know, and, and also to feel my feelings of vulnerability, you know, because I have that perfectionist. <laughs> and I heard somebody at a meeting share recently that, I want to get your opinion about this, that perfectionism is one of the highest form of self-abuse. 
when I heard that, I mean, that really tugged at my strings, like, you know, because perfection, perfection. I was um, at the um, store the other day picking up an order um, at Office Depot, and I was there, and this man came up and said, oh, I'm here to pick my order, you know. And so the woman, the cashier said, sir, I didn't have a chance to look at every single card to make sure it was perfect. And he said, oh, that's okay. He goes, as long as you can read them, I don't care. You know, so he didn't, he let go of the need for her to look at every single card. And so then I said to him, I said, oh, yeah. I said, isn't perfectionism um, I wouldn't say a waste of time, but a waste of energy. And he goes, there is no such thing as perfect. <laughs> you, you know, so I learned so much at the grocery stores and, and at the drug stores, um, j- people in general. Like I, I learn about me through other people and um, because I'm very codependent. <laughs> and, and then that triggers, like I said earlier, the curtain, that's the curtain, but that's behind the curtain of my eating, my codependency and the need to be um, loved by you. So what I do is when I try to do, when I do that, I go to my higher power to gain that love. And I mean, so anyway, (laughs) I'm just so grateful. Did you want to share? Um, we're just doing some open sharing right now. Okay. Okay. This, oh. Well, thank you, my beloved. <laughs> thank you. So we're just here, just sharing this time and space and energy and um, on the subtopic of G-O-D. <laughs> And um, I was sharing earlier how my higher power, like I grew up with a disconnect from my higher power and um, in how the program is teaching me to stay connected. And so I can be present and be in the moment with everybody and be healthy and have healthy relationships. So I, it sounds like I'm rambling now. So I, yes, does, did you want to? Yay, come on. I'm so excited. So you can just sign here. Take it away, kiddo. Hi, I'm Tommy Lou, and you probably won't meet anybody else in your life with this name, so that's not very anonymous. Um, I have had in the program 100 pound weight loss. I had a long battle with, um, I, I, I started being bulimic at eight years old. I had been molested two years before that, and that triggered it. But that's not really what I want to share. I, I, I was very touched by your share. I mean, it was incredible. What I want to share is um, somebody on Facebook today got very catastrophic about the changes in the world, and like this was the end of the world. And, and I pointed out to her that, you know, we can focus on what is good in our life because no matter how bad things may feel, we all have blessings that we can be grateful for if we look for them. 
And she just reamed me after that. And I said, well, I'm sorry I hurt you. And, um, you know, hey, I didn't take it personally. But I wrote something else because I got to thinking that every morning when I wake up, I get to make a choice. When I wake up in the morning now, I, I tell God, you know, I'm grateful for the gift of my life. There was a time when I could never have said that. And I say it and I mean it. And I'm also aware that I get to choose how I face the day. You know, I, my, if I'm not careful, my mind will go very negative because that's how this disease is. This disease will see catastrophes and the worst. And So I look at it as putting on as though I have two pairs of glasses. I have one pair of glasses that are very negative They're very dark, the lens are, they're hard to see through them. If I put them on, I'm in hopelessness and despair, and I feel like a victim. And I can't see opportunities out in front of me, because all I'm stuck on is how bad it is. But if I put on the optimistic glasses, I see hope, I see opportunities. It's not denial, because I still know that the bad is out there. But if I have optimistic glasses on, I can see the good and I can see opportunities that I wouldn't be able to see otherwise because I would be stuck in a very dark place. So anyway, that was what I felt like sharing tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Going once, going twice. Hi, I'm still Heidi, and I'm still a compulsive overeater. Hi, Heidi. Hi. So I want to talk about my food plan a little bit, because the way I lost the 35 pounds was I did uh, protein drinks. And uh, it worked, but it's not really healthy. So I went to five healthy meals that were just beautiful, five healthy meals a day that are gorgeous, that are beautiful, that are fresh, and they're fabulous. And um, so that's... And I, and, I, and I ate like that, and I was able to maintain my weight. I couldn't believe it because I was under the impression that I could not lose weight if I ate food, right? You get that way after you've been dieting your whole life. So I actually lost weight. I know I did, <laughs> and it felt great. I'm like, shit, because by that time, the weight, some of the weight had come back, right, before I started it again. So, so, the eating the, so the revelation I've had for me is for people that are out there that have dieted all their life like I have um, – to, to, to realize that I could eat beautiful meals, five beautiful meals a day, you know, like this size, I mean, healthy, gorgeous, fresh food every day and not gain weight and, and actually lost it, that was a fabulous thing. So what happened was, you know, maybe some weight came on, I don't know, and I don't care, I'm, I'm here now, and that's all that matters. But it came on because I went back to the drug that I've been addicted to. And, um, and I want to talk a little bit about sugar and flour and gluten and all that crap. Um, it is amazing how that stuff can just kill you. And, um, I mean, at least for me, we're all different and we all have to do what works for us. But I know that when I don't have it, 
I feel so much better, um, especially with the heavy carbs. I mean, fruits and vegetables are great. But with the heavy carbs, the more you eat them, the more you want them, and the more the hungrier you get. And it just, I'm telling you, the way they make food these days, the gluten is much worse than it used to be. <clears throat> and uh, there's actually, it's just, it's crazy. And it's so addicting. It's so addicting. So I just want to speak a little bit on that piece because I do believe there's ways to create our food plans where we can still love them, but it can be foods that help us to get better so that we're not still in that addictive behavior because you could have three meals a day and they're perfectly balanced, but if they contain, each meal contains sugar and, and white flour, you know, you you might not stick to those three meals. So that's all I got to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Does anybody want to share um, on that topic or another topic? And Yes, the food plan, very important. Um, for me, it's about balance, and it's about, it's, it's sort of like my higher power wants me to feel happy, joyous, and free, but it's hard when I'm weighed down. So, you know, creating the balance of finding the healthy, you know, the healthy foods, and I definitely can relate, you know. So I always go back to my higher power, you know. And, and like before I have a meal, most, most times I'll recite the serenity prayer before I eat my meal. And sometimes when I stop doing that, that means, you know what, <laughs> I better get back to basics. Like when I stop taking time to pause before I eat my food. Because, you know, what I tend to do is, you know, when I'm in my disease, I'm in front of the television and, and I'm just not being present. And I think that's probably, for me, being present is the best way to stay absent, abstinent. So um, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Who's ready for next year's um, conference? <laughs> I think it's going to be down south, huh? Yeah, this is my first regional OA conference, and um, I'm so grateful to be here. And um, looking forward to more. There's going to be an OA half day coming up, I think, in July. You know, so I think. Oh gosh, there was. A, I think there's a flyer outside. But yeah, this is so. Like, I find this part of my recovery to attend these conferences. And I also want to graciously thank the service workers. Um, and it's just such an important piece of the fellowship at, to meet people from different places. And um, to me, that's very important to stay connected in our beloved. Hi, come on in. Another <laughs> fellowship. So where did you folks come from? Just different parts. Are y'all from um, Northern Cal or anybody? San Francisco. Woohoo! Anybody else yell out a city? Long Beach. Long Beach? Who's from Long Beach? Not Long Beach. Well, I'm actually from Lakewood, which is right by Long Beach. All right. L.A. in the house. <laughs> right on. Wow. Oh, good. So do you folks have a conference out there? or? We have one coming up next, uh, next year. 
next year. Oh, in Orange County. Cool. Okay. Yeah, let's. Boston. <laughs> that that's good. Oh, oh, Boston. Well, how many of you folks do service work? All right, good, good. How many of you do? Okay, local service work. Raise your hand. World service work. Okay. Thank you all for coming. Have a wonderful rest of your... Yeah, so service work, um, basically, there's an expression about staying out of the food and into service. Does anybody know something about service work? (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah, service work... Yeah, service is slimming. (laughs) Yeah, so... That's an interesting concept. Service is slimming because (laughs) when you're serving, you're not eating. eating. There, yeah, that makes sense. Also, when I'm serving, sometimes when I'm serving, I get triggered, um, but it allows me to practice the principles in my. You know, it's a chance for me to um, go back to my higher power. You know, so that's interesting. So I like that. All right. Wonderful family, OA family in the house. I just want to once again thank you from my heart for being here and supporting each other because I believe that we're all one. So do you mind if we can close with a prayer? Let me see here. Thank you all for sharing and participating. It is now time to close this session. So please stand and join hands as we close with the serenity prayer. Yes. Oops. I'm fancy here. You good? Thank you. Okay, folks. God, grant me this serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. And back, it works. You work it because we're all worth it. Thank you all.